Washington Wizards declassified. Uh -huh. You would think my boys would be in a dunk contest to win my team fly. Oh, they be flying. Oh, yeah. And we got the best podcast, no lie. And the way that my boys be shooting out like What's up, y'all? Welcome to Wizards Declassified. My name is Mike. I'm here with my guy, Rashad. Say what's up to the people. Yeah, we're back, man. We're back. But <laughs> it's good been, to be back. I, I checked it. The last episode was about four months ago. It was four months ago. So we know a lot happened since then yes with this team <laughs> yes so the first thing um the last episode was actually about the west until higher and we talked about it and we both were kind of feeling it but we were both very cautious about it um and also russ westbrook was still on the team on the last yeah, episode Russell westbrook was on yeah so now that he's traded and the season has started and the Wizards are still what top five in the NFC um, East. I'm sorry, top five in the um, NBA East right now. Yeah. Uh, what's your thoughts on the start, man? Uh, <laughs> How surprised a, by are you by it? Very honestly, because I was truly ready to just like be a barely playing team again, but it felt different, you know. Well. With without Russ, like, okay, this is kind of what this team is supposed to be. But the fact that they are started off so hot and they're beating team the beating the teams that they are, it's like, okay, we might actually not be a contender like finals wise, but in the playoffs, we might we might win around maybe if we get the right matchup. I didn't think that at first. I thought we were going to stink, but here we are. <laughs> um, when we hired Unsell. I said this in the episode, um, the previous episode, that he was coming from Denver as their defensive coordinator. Like the defense that they were running, yeah. he was basically that person. And I'll be damned if the Wizards aren't number five in defensive rating so far this right, season. Right, right. Every so, even Bradley Bills being a better defender all around, like just gotten everybody tuned in on the defensive end. I love it personally. So let's let's go back a little bit because I, okay. I kind of glossed over the um, rest trade. We have to let the people know what happened with that trade. Um, basically, it was well, it was a big trade with that involved a lot of teams. Right. Um, so basically, the Wizards they got rid of Russ, a pick, some other stuff, and they brought in. This is the haul they got: Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, Aaron Holiday, right? Montrez Hurl, um, Caldwell Pope, and Kyle Kuzma, right? Yeah, those are five quality players, and all five are definitely contributing <laughs> to the Wizards' hot start so far this season. Yeah, yeah. Kyle Kuzma's had the career resurgence that everybody's hoped for for the Wizards. I'm actually glad to be a part of it. <laughs> I don't know about that um, big oversized sweater he had last night. Yeah, he had me until then. Like, if he just had the regular sweater, it would have been cool. But the fact that it was that big, <laughs> he's already like 6'9". How do you find a sweater that big? Like, how do you find an oversized sweater on a 6'10 man? I don't know. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, bro, you 6'10". I know your arms are longer than mine. And you if I put that sweater on, it would, it would swallow me. And I'm a big dude. I'm like... Nevertheless, <laughs> he's actually leading the team in rebounds right now. Right, like that—that—that's the type of haul that Portland um, 
getting rid of Westbrook was able to pull him in. And Montrez Harrell is everything for us. Bruh, that like, dude. He, he just had 18 rebounds last night. Like, he's just a spark to this team. Like, even the fan base, like, everybody loves Trez in D.C. already. And we're only, what, 18 games in? Everybody loves exactly. Trez Harrell. And I'm looking at the um, – I was looking at the advanced stats earlier for the player efficiency rating. Um, surprisingly, he's not just number one. Well, actually, um, Isaiah Todd is number one, but he only played like seven minutes. Right. <laughs> but the real number one player on the team is not only uh, not only is it um, Trez, but it's him by a long shot. Yeah. Like nobody yeah. else is over 20. He's at 28.6. Those are MVP player efficiency rate of numbers. And, and like, like, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say the Wizards being like, who would have thought the Wizards would be top five in the East? And Bradley Bill's only giving you 23 a game. He's giving you six assists as well. Bill is a play, is becoming a better playmaker and better defender, and that's actually made the team better. And I'm here for it. Right, and I, I support all around Bradley Bill instead of I have to score 40 a night, Bradley Bill. Speaking of defenders, and this is where we can bring your boy in, Abia. My man, Denny Abia, has been strapping Bama's up so far this season. (laughs) Like, you name the players so far, he's played well against them, and that's including um, Giannis. Right. Don't get me wrong, Giannis did put 28 up on us a couple of weeks ago. I mean, Giannis Giannis is averaging that, so he literally does that to everyone. But if you keep Giannis to a league average – what more can you ask for, really? Right. And it was – I'm telling you, I'm not damn biased. It was the hardest 28-point game he probably had in his career. Because, <laughs> I mean, Denny was just all over him. And um, stand on him for a second. That was the biggest thing that I was excited about entering the season. Um, potentially his growth as a player – and knowing that Wes Unsell was talking about him so much during his introductory press conference and a couple of conferences afterward, I was getting really, really excited about Apia's future. And um, so far, he might be a little inefficient on offense still, but defensively, the dude has arrived. <laughs> I know it's only his second year, but he has arrived. But I wasn't ready for Denny the defender. Like, I was ready for Denny to take the next step offensively, not become a great defender. So I was like, wait, is Denny really – like, if we can develop the offense, we might really have something here. Because I was prepared for a playmaking wing to just get the ball out of Beal's hands. And I thought it was going to be a liability on defense, to be honest with you. And now he's a lockdown defender. I kind of I would thought, I was never prepared for that. I would have never thought he would be a lockdown defender. I kind of figured I didn't think he would be like a strap, like a lock lockdown. Like this. But I, I kind of figured he'd had those tools because if you remember towards the end of the year before he was injured, um he was looked at as like the defensive stopper on the team. And I felt I always felt like it was like a default. Because nobody else was playing defense. Right, him. right, right, right. But I mean, so far, Unsell just has seemed to unlock something defensively, not only with Denny, but the whole team. But it's just that Denny has become that go to defender now. If um, a wing player is getting hot, he's usually the person that they're going to send out to him. 
Right. And that's refreshing, bro. That's refreshing as and, well. And, and just to have scrap, like, even a guy like Caldwell Pope can go, maybe not necessarily shut down somebody, but you know KCP's going to give you effort on both ends of the floor. Like, we just never, it's been a while since we had that. Like, you said, it's refreshing to have those kind of players on the team. And that's where we can give credit to the newly um, hired, well, newly titled team president, Tommy Shepard. Oh, yeah, and Tommy we trust, man. Um, I, I, that that trade, the first trade to get rid of John Wall, that was, like, impressive. That was really, really nice. I couldn't right. believe that he pulled that off. The second trade to get, uh, to get rid of Russ? Laker, Lakers. Lakers fans are wishing they de- they never did that trade right now. Well, Wizards fans are like, please take Russ off of us. I couldn't believe it when it happened. And it's actually two parts to that story. Not only could I believe that they made the trade with the Wizards to get Westbrook, but I can't believe that the trade they reneged on was the Kings trade for Buddy Hill. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that was the piece. That was, that was who y'all needed. That was the perfect piece. I don't know how you ended up from Buddy Heald to Russell Westbrook in like a day and a half, but it's the Lakers <laughs> and LeBron. They get what they want. And it, right now, LeBron might have uh, bit off a little bit more than he could chew. <laughs> like that, um, you know, everybody knows a Laker fan, so pretty much the entire world follows them. Ever, right. Um, even if they do it from a distance, we all follow it. And, um, yeah, it seemed like after every game, the first two or three weeks, people were like, Westbrook, what the heck? Or Westbrook, yeah, what like, the hell? Yeah, is trash. Why did we even get – yeah, it's been bad. He looks exactly how he looks with the Wizards, except for, unfortunately, on for the Lakers. On a bigger scale, yeah. Right, on the on Lakers. On scale. On the Lakers, he's kind of negatively impacting them in ways where he didn't do so when he was on the Wizards. Like, I don't know if you remember one of them games that was late and he, like, turned the ball over on a pass that didn't – it wasn't close. Like, he threw it to the third or fourth row. <laughs> like, it's, that's the type of stuff that they're dealing with right now. And that's why I have to give, like, tremendous props to Tommy Shepard for pulling off those trades to give with a wall and Westbrook. And you see the fruits of those labors. Um, I mean, the fruits of the labor with a player like Harold and Dinwiddie and um, Kuzma, KCP. Like, those are four players that's leading the team. Kind of iffy on Aaron Holiday right now. Um, I'm, not, I'm not iffy on Aaron Holiday. Terry Rozier just hit him with one of the nastiest moves we've seen in a long time. That's all that is. Man. Oh, that move was nasty, though. We'll get to that in a second. But <laughs> <laughs> but um, not only him making those trades, but him landing Wes Unsell Jr. I know yeah. he's a former Wizards assistant. His father is the legend for the franchise. Right, the late but Wes had other choices that he could have had. Like, I'm pretty sure he was, if he wasn't the most in-demand coach, he was definitely top three. And, and the Wizards, and wasn't, Wizards job wasn't the best looking Exactly. Job. It wasn't a top three job at all. So the fact that Shepard basically rebuilt this team in three years when um, Ernie Grunfeld couldn't do it in, what, 
17. Right. And kept Bradley Beal in the process. Exactly. So they have nothing but my respect. Um, They can have as much time as they need. I I felt like, I know it's early, but the the fact that they were able to do these simple things so quickly, they earned earned enough, a lot of rope for me. I feel like as Wizards fans, as a collective, you can see the direction now. Like, we haven't had a direction in so long. Like, you can see the direction. Like, I don't think anybody's like, oh, yeah, the Wizards are about to go to the finals this year. We love that, of course. But you can at least see with the team, like, okay, I can I can get with this team. It's fun to watch. You know, you can sell it to me. But before, it's been like, oh, Beal and another star. Yeah, here we go again. <laughs> I think right now I can confidently say that the Wizards are a team that you have to beat. That, like, yes, they, they're not going to make. They're, they're not going to make mistakes. They're not going to give up. Like if you don't come into that night with your A game, expecting to just walk all over them, they're going to beat you. Like even if you get up big, we saw with the Heat um, on Saturday night, they were down sixteen. Yeah, came that back was, and won that, that was game. A crazy game. And they had lost the game before that to the to the Heat on Thursday night, and um, yeah, that that little four game gauntlet that they just went through, um, I I said best case scenario would probably be three and one, and the worst case would be um, zero and four or one and three, and sure enough, they went one and three. Um, they played the Hornets on Wednesday, the Heat last Thursday had a day break. Played the Heat again on Saturday and the Hornets this past Monday, the week of Thanksgiving. Um, and they went one and three. Now, don't get me wrong, all four games were competitive. Right. But um, as of now, it looked like the Hornets might got the Wizards' number. Yeah. yeah. I hate to say it. Like, if that, if that somehow ended up being a playoff series, it's going seven. I don't care what anybody oh, yeah. has to say. I'm saying that on November 23rd of 2021. Playoffs will be six months from now, but if you look at the Wizards' upcoming stretch, they should they should actually get on a streak because it's the Pelicans that should be a win. Thunder should be a win. Mavericks, you never know with Luka Doncic, he he <laughs> might just drop sixty. That man's just different. Spurs should be a win. The Timberwolves look good, but I think we have that one, and we've had the Cavaliers number for a while now so like you can realistically say they can go five of the next six so it's like i'll take a i'll take a losing streak with a winning streak i'm not going to go through each game but um earlier today i posted on a little wizards nation on facebook group um it's 19 there's 19 games left this year in the 2021 year um I hypothetically set the over under at 11 games the end of the year. Um, out of 19 games, I feel like they should win 10 regardless of who the opponents are. Out of 19 games, I feel like asking for 10 wins. That's basically a 500. That's 500, basically. Right. I, I feel like asking for 10 wins isn't that strong out of the realm. But – I will say this, the six games you named, um, the Pelicans, Thunder, Mavs, Spurs, Wolves, and Cavs, 
those are probably the six easiest games in that's that 13 stretch because the next 13, they are play crazy. the Jazz twice. They play the Nuggets, the Nets, Knicks, Sixers. He pretty much every contender in the but NBA. You gotta, but you have to think, well, the Sixers will probably have Embiid back by then. That's scary. Right. But uh, like, the Christmas. way we've been fighting with these other teams, those should be good games. Should be. And Bradley and, Beal hasn't had that like fifty ball yet. Like he, he's been he's been good in the team role, but he hasn't had that I'm Bradley Beal game yet. It's bound it's bound to happen. It's bound to happen. Right. And you know, stand on him for a second. I I know I was hard. I was really hard on him last year. I was ready to get um get rid of him. I was ready yep. to rebuild the team. Um, it was mostly because I just didn't feel like the team would do anything with them. Like, I felt like they were going to let his talents go to waste. So I did, I did too for a little bit. And admittedly, I, I just felt like he wasn't, like, that super, superstar that can lead a team to a finals. At that time, it just – the cars weren't there. But ever since um, the season started, you see, a, you see something. You see them winning games without Bill. Like, right. I think they're two and zero without Bill, or three and zero without Bill. Maybe two and one. I forgot, but um, yeah, they they're playing some good basketball right now, man. Regardless they, of who's on the court. Right. Like you can you can say this team may not be the best. Like oh, they don't have the stars. But this is one of the deepest teams in the NBA. Man, one to twelve. One to twelve, right? One to twelve. Like Corey Kispert was a first round pick, and he doesn't—he barely gets minutes because of the wings we have right now. It's just like that—that that, uh, that first round pick was almost a luxury. Like that's—that's that's where we're at now. That's how much depth we have now. What we do with it is up to—is up to Tommy Shepard. But we have it finally. Coming from the teams he used to have, where you should be what Russ, Brad, and pray someone else scores, and now we have one of the deepest teams in the NBA. Yeah, so now we've been gas these mamas up for the last couple uh, fifteen minutes or so. I got to bring some negatives. I have to. I have to bring the real. I have to show my concerns with some things. Oh yeah. Number one. Not perfect. Number one. That's my guy. I hate to say it, but I'm gonna be real. Daniel Gafford. He fell off it, yeah. He's having a he's having a tough start to the season, in my opinion. Now, don't get me wrong, he hasn't been complete trash. No. But I feel like um I'll say this. He his basketball IQ isn't where it should be. And it's causing the team it, it caused the team a game. Already. I can't remember which game it was. It may have been the first. I know he was out the first Hornets game, I think. Um, but, yeah, his his basketball knowledge, it needs work. And I understand that Montrez Hurl is deal with him right now, but he's going to need more than that. And I don't know if you saw, I just randomly tweeted, I can't wait to, for Thomas Bryant to come back. I was going to ask about how do you – like, <laughs> we're already one of the deepest teams in the NBA. Where do you fit in Rui and Thomas Bryant? Right, and and that's what I was going to say. When Thomas Bryant comes back, I don't know if he'll be the starter because they'll probably have to, you know, work him him back healthy or um, to health or whatever. But 
he's going to steal Gafford minutes. Not all of them, but he's going to steal some of those minutes just because Gafford seems to not get it. Um, it was the Hornets game was the game where he yeah. came out and was like cooking. Like I think he had a fadeaway shot. He was posting Bama's up. Like if he played that way every game, I would have no problem with him. But then the very not well not the very next game because he was injured. But the game against the Heat on Saturday night, I think he ended up with three fouls, like super early. I know the rest was extra pressed with the wrist, um, whistles that night, but still three fouls that early, bro. Yeah, it really put um, Montrez in a bad situation, and he ended up with three fouls. So I'm like, that 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 type of stuff it affects the game long term. So if he can like find a way to play smarter, play more under control, like just stop doing stupid stuff, just play yeah. normal basketball. That alone will make Playing him a much better player. Right. I feel like with Montrez though, like. Towards the second half of the season, Robin Lopez was a factor, but he was nowhere near the factor of Montrez Harrell. Like Montrez Harrell is the six man of the year type of guy. Like he like when you are off the floor, he, he will he will take your minutes and produce. So I think he's trying to force it in the minutes he plays now because Montrez is doing so well already. But well, we get the kinks out. It's the beginning of the season. Right, and a lot of people are screaming um, that Harold should be the starter, and I don't think people understand the luxury of having him come off the bench. Right, he doesn't need time to warm up or whatever. He comes in and he's instant um, energy off the bench. I would rather have that than to have him start with the starting five. We need that sixth man to come off the bench that can lead the second team. And I think, I'm going to answer your question earlier, I kind of think that's where initially that's where Rui and Thomas Bryant are going to make their biggest impact with that second unit. Um, I think they can run those three players at the same time if they needed to, if they had to. They could run Harold, Rui, and um, Thomas Bryant on the second unit. Maybe throw in um, Aaron Holiday and Kispert, or I mean Kispert at the two to have a big second unit or whatever. Yeah. But just knowing that Wes Unsealed is the one that's making these decisions, I'm happy with it. It does help a lot. It <laughs> helps a lot, definitely. Like, I know there won't be a trash lineup out there. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know they'll play the positions they're supposed to play. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how many viewers this gets, but Scott Brooks just would not have done this. I don't, I don't know how else to say it, but he just wouldn't have. Thank God we got Wes Unseld. Like even, though even though it's 18 games in, the season could go terribly wrong. But I I would rather – I will still celebrate what I'm looking at compared to the Scott Brooks era. <laughs> right. And, yeah, we made it this far without bringing his name up. But still, like, I'll, people get mad when I talk about Brooks or when I talk about um, the past failures of the Wizards. And I'm like – I'm 32, bruh. We've been trash for those 32 years for the most part. <laughs> I don't think we made the playoffs more than eight, nine times in those 32 seasons. Something like that. Like, come on, man. We we were hurting over here. Like, this man Brooks was trash, trash. 
we were hurting. So hey, anytime he had to actually coach is when we lost. Right. So let us celebrate the fact that we, we don't um have to deal with this bound anymore. <laughs> but he's, um he's he's broken Dame. <laughs> Ever since he's become the shooting coach with the Trailblazers, Dame hasn't been the same. That's all I'm exactly. gonna say. It's the Scott Brooks effect. That's all I'm gonna say. I ain't even gotta say nothing after that. Like real talk, it speaks for itself. <laughs> but wrapping up the show real quick, man. Um, I mean, well, we already talked about the schedule. We play the um, Pelicans and who else? The Spurs. Okay. Spurs, Thunder, Thunder. Yeah. So Mavericks. Yeah. Let's go the rest of the week. Um. Well, in the Monday. So, Pelicans, Thunder, Mavericks, Spurs. Do you think they can win all four of those games before we record again? Do I think they can? Yeah. Yeah, yes. But I feel like that Mavericks game is going to be a tough matchup because Porzingis is actually playing well now. Mm-hmm. And Luka is Luka Doncic. Like, we just can't forget he's Luka. So, those two, on like, while they're hot, it might be – you never know. But I think we can win it. And I just noticed those are all road games <laughs> um, next week. So We have had a lot of home games, though, in a row, to be fair. <laughs> but – um. Yes, and last question for today's episode, y'all. Um, what are you thinking? Let's say it's President's Day weekend. Uh, we just got finished watching the Bomb All-Star game. What's your expectations? How are the, How's the team looking after that All-Star game, the second half of the season? What is the team competing for? Are they looking like a team that's going to make a deep playoff run? or a team that's just going to make the playoffs? Um, What's your expectations so far, based on so far this season? Based on the rest of the Eastern Conference right now, I'm not going to say, well, how, how deep is a deep playoff run? Um, I think we could. I think we can definitely. Round, win a round. I was going to say, we can, we can most likely win a playoff series based on how the rest of the Eastern Conference is playing like, I would the say win a playoff round. I would say win a playoff round and um, you know, make the second round sweat. <laughs> okay. Uh, if I'm looking at the Eastern Conference right now, wow! If the playoffs started today, we'd be playing the Hornets, and we and like I said earlier, that's a seven game series. I don't care what anybody has to say, but looking at the rest of the East, I think we could win a series. We can win a series. Like the Knicks are nine. The Bucks are gonna go on a run soon because you know they're finally healthy. But I think they can compete with a lot of these teams in the first round. I think that the key to the season is going to be that month before, like that month before the All-Star break. Right. So that, that the middle, yeah, the middle of January to President's Day, I think that's going to be that that time where we really, really learn. Because I don't, I don't know if you remember um, in 2017, they had a stretch from December 31st, no, from January 1st to February 16th in 2017. They had a stretch where they were the best team in the NBA. I do remember that. Yeah, Wall and Bill going crazy. I do remember that. 
if they can if they can make a similar run this season, I think we're gonna be talking something special. Like I legit think we could be talking something special because, like you said, this team is deep, and that's going to matter in the playoffs. Right, like, that's and, going to matter. And I think it's going to help in the regular season too because even like even some players might be like off or in a slump. We don't have to be like, oh man, we still have to give them. Up. No, we have other guys we can rotate in. And keep like we don't even use Bertans really anymore. Like the Latvian laser is just on the bench chilling. I'm gonna go on a limb. I don't know who's gonna do it because of that contract. Somebody <laughs> gonna trade for that mama. <laughs> Somebody's gonna trade for Bertans. They gonna for see Captain him. Catch and shoot because he right. does not take a dribble. They're gonna, which is dumb. My man Eddie say all the time like he should drive to the hole more because he's actually good at it too. That's the weird part. Like, he could actually do it. I've seen him yam on a lot of downers. But for some reason, he just want to stay out there and be inconsistent. The most streaky three-point specialist ever. (laughs) Facts. Definitely. Like, I'm looking at the schedule. Well, these are just the home games. But the home games in that stretch from January to President's Day, it's a lot of winnable games there, I'd say. Well, yeah, winnable. Not, oh, yeah. not necessarily we're going to run away with a win, like an easy win, but they're oh, winnable wow. games for sure. I just saw that. That's a four, five, six, eight. Nine. That's a nine-game homestand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, we must play a lot of road games. Yeah, I was about to say, we must play a lot of road games to end the year. Yeah, we the month of March, we barely at home. <laughs> I mean, I guess we got the whole month of February, so you can't really be ungrateful. But Yeah, and circus it, must come to town or something. It's crazy how things have turned over in four and a half months. And, like, it sounds crazy because we're 18 games in, but just as a franchise, it's crazy how much it's changed in about, like you said, three, three and a half, four months. I mean, that's what happens when you bring in um, competent people, bringing it back to Tommy Shepard and Wes Unsell. Now, I can't speak much about Shepard because he was with the Wizards the whole time. So unless Ernie Grunfeld was that, like, power hungry, he definitely would contribute to some of the suckage over the last uh, <laughs> uh, 20 years or whatever. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but I can't – I'm not going to trash him for that because right now that man cooking – and West Ansel coming over from the Nuggets during their um, recent run. Obviously, he picked up a lot of stuff because he has this team rolling. And, um, yeah, I can't get enough of these mammals right now. I can't wait to see tomorrow's game. Yeah. Can't, can't really say too much better than that. I have a Pelicans fan that's a friend of mine, too, that I do the other podcast with. I hope he beat them senseless so I don't oh yeah we gotta smack their head then then we beat them already before Uh, oh no yeah we owe them because they almost beat us the last game so yeah we gotta smack their head too they were beating us by like 20 plus it came back and went I I don't need this to be that close I need right dominant from the beginning hopefully they remember that too (laughs) (laughs) but all right y'all thanks for hanging out with us man we'll definitely be on more consistently now Um, Not because the team is winning, because obviously they just lost last night, but it's all gravy. We'll bounce back. Terry Rozier won't shoot eight threes every game. 
Terry was Terry lost his mind last night. 25% <laughs> three-point shooter, and he goes eight for 11. What? The huh. fact that he, he hit Aaron Holiday with that move and made that shot, that told me it's nothing we can do about this. Like, you just have to hope you win the game because Terry Rozier was on one. Then the three he hit to basically was basically the dagger. It was some crazy step back. I'm like, Terry Rozier has never been this guy, but he made it. So it was just his night. It was just his night. After the game, um, we're rolling, y'all, but after the game, um, Bill was saying that he played so well because he played like trash the game before versus them. And I'm like, I, he did, but not that bad. My goodness. So, hey, it is what it is. We'll holler that, at them down this next was, week, though. That was, that was Terry Harden last night. I don't know who that was. <laughs> but, all right, y'all, be safe. Have a good Thanksgiving, man. Eat some good turkey. And uh, we're going to holler Turkey's at y'all. Overrated, but that's not an argument we're going to get into right now. But, y'all, have a great Thanksgiving. You got to get that Popeye's drink, man. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all.